That's right, I'm going blue collar today. That's right, see this dirty hat? I'm ready to rock and roll. Got my church thing on here for Traders Point Christian Church. Welcome, everybody. I gotta every day look at my face and I'm tired of it. I look at my face right here. There's a camera and then underneath it is the program monitor and it's me and I gotta tell you, by the time I'm done, with two hours of looking at me, I got a headache, so I'm trying to not have to look at me. We got a lot to get to. You know, the video of the Alabama football player shoving the young lady as he was coming off the field at Tennessee surfaced because our friend Trey Wallace, well, he found it, he broke the story, and now it's really, it's gone viral. We're going to talk to Trey coming up and see where the latest is, but I have a very, very simple thing for... Jermaine Burton and everybody else, don't touch women. Now, look, I know I've had people say, well, you see women fighting all the time. That's Twitter. Okay, all right, that's high school. You know, somebody on Twitter's fighting, or that's Walmart. We got some biggins fighting here in Walmart a couple years ago, and it was epic, man. We had shampoo aisle flying. We had kids throwing. It was unbelievable. And hey, what are you going to do? But as an adult male, don't touch women, unless you know. Don't touch women. Like, one time when I was in high school, true story, we're playing, and this isn't bragging, this is fact. Whenever we played somewhere, crowds were huge, and everybody came to see us, right? We were really good. So after the games in Indiana on a packed house, they put a rope around the court so that, you know, there were no problems. And then they had school administrators standing at the ropes. And all of a sudden, we're playing at Highland High School. And I'm kind of walking off in this really pretty girl. Now, you got to understand, I didn't always look like this. You know, I didn't always attract the most beautiful of women back in the day. Now, of course, you got to beat them off with a stick. Now I walk down the street, and I mean, it's panties, it's... It's, it's potions, it's, you know, love notes. It's insanity with me right now looking like this at this age. But back in the day, skinny, pimply-faced guy dropping 30 on people, eh, I wasn't used to this type of tension. So a very pretty girl, hey, Dan, 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 come here. So, you know, what do I know? Hey, I'm Dan, you know, whatever. And she looks at me, you're the biggest mother. And she unloads on me, and I was kind of stunned, and I'm like, wow. And I laughed, turned, and walked away and went in the locker room, and I was kind of hoping that she was still out there because it was kind of attractive. You know. But anyway, so I've always had that in mind. Like, people say, well, she started at first. So what? I always told my players, do yourself a favor. Put your hands in your pocket. A very prominent Indiana basketball player called me one night from his bathroom. He said, Coach, my girlfriend's lost her mind. She may or may not have caught me cheating with another woman. My tires are slashed. I I go, where are you? He goes, I'm in the bathroom. I locked the door. I go, good. This too shall pass. Did you bring a pillow? Blanket? You might have to sleep in there, big boy. Don't touch women. Don't run off a field hitting women. Don't touch. No. Your wife gets mad at you. Take a drive. Simple. I've always said this. What do you do after? 
Like, what do you do after? Tell me what you do after. You know, uh, you and your girlfriend or wife get in a fight. You slap, you hit, you do whatever. What's your move then? I'll hang up and wait. Man, you know, I showed her. No, you didn't. Like, if you're a human being, if you're an adult male human being that isn't a farm animal, you feel like crap, I would suppose. I always thought that. What do you do after? Well, she hit me first. So what? So we're going to talk about this, the video of Jermaine Burton coming off and striking the Tennessee fan, the lady, uh, in the head. I don't know why he did it. I've seen the video, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, look, I'm not saying that as you're running to get off a field, you might jostle somebody. You might uh, run into somebody. Hey, look, I mean, there's 100,000 people in a very uh, enclosed area. Yeah, that might happen, but we're not hitting women. I'm a massive advocate for this. Can we? It doesn't seem like anybody should have to advocate for that. It seems like that should just be common sense and being an adult male. Now, look, you're six years old and little Susie's next door and you're playing tackle football. All right, I get it. But damn, you get into college, what are you thinking? What are you doing? What's on your mind when you do something like that? I got no answers. I got no answers, but we're going to talk to the man that broke the story. We're going to see where it's at now, Nick Saban, law enforcement, because it has become the story of the year. You know, I I have a video out, not of me, you know, dancing, although there is one of those. There's several videos, videos of me that my buddy Worm has with us from, you know, back in the day when we were in high school. There's a lot of nudity involved. For some reason, when we were in high school, streaking had just ended, and for whatever the reason, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, the tr- the deal is simply this. The deal is, hey, you know what? Can we, can we, if we're Tom Brady, can we maintain a level that's up here? Tom Brady has become really, truly entitled. And I know he's sad because, you know, his wife left him. But what the heck? He lost his first, I don't know if she was wife or girlfriend, Bridget Moynihan, when she was pregnant. Karma's a mother. It doesn't matter if you can throw a football to other people. It doesn't matter if you look like Rob Lowe. It doesn't matter. Karma's a mother, man. So there's no feeling sorry for Tom Brady in his marital strife. We all have things. You know, we all have things that we deal with. We all, I, I've been divorced. Uh, 50% of the people have been divorced. I didn't ask for the divorce. It worked out great. But the truth of the matter is 50% of the people get divorced, and you know what? Life's tough. You know, we all look at our society today, and we go, wait a second. I, I'm uncomfortable, yeah? When the doctor smacked you on the backside, did he say to you, hey, uh, by the way, by the way, Uh, you're going to be comfortable your whole life. You're going to be comfortable. No. All right, let's go to some video here, some punches. See what's going on here. Coming off the field, what's this guy doing? Why would you do that? Why? Like, what is the purpose? What are you doing? Like, it's an innocuous swing. How stupid are you? Like, all right, to me, that tells me this guy's got a little problem with this issue. Now, to me, this tells me this guy's got the Draymond Green kind of I'm a bully kind of thing. 
What in the hell? And we're going to again talk to Trey Wallace uh, coming up here in about 10 minutes. Honest to God. Honest to God. It drives you crazy. What are you doing? And, you know, one of the things that you got to understand is that I don't care if you're in a crowd. I don't care what. You don't hit a woman. Period. I'm going to get into whether Brittany Griner is unlawfully detained. Now, I have been on the bandwagon of Brittany Griner getting out. I'm going to get into that. I'm going to get into why Carson Wentz is not as good as this Heineke guy. You're going to see. Remember I told you this, and by the way, this may become a weekly thing at least between now and two weeks from now. Matt Ryan, you guys are looking at me, and I saw my man Jay Hutton yesterday on a video we did. Jonathan Hutton said that I don't really believe that Matt Ryan in two weeks is going to be in the MVP conversation. I honestly do. And I'm going to tell you why. Again, first off, people are going to start paying attention to the Colts. And that's the most important thing, isn't it? Isn't paying attention the most important thing to getting awards? Like, if nobody, if, if the Colts are a mediocre team in the division that's the worst in football and it's not close, then nobody's going to pay attention. But over the next two weeks, against the Titans in Nashville and then against Washington, now it's unfortunate that Carson Wentz isn't going to be playing in the game. Again, relative to Matt Ryan's MVP candidacy. Here's why. Carson Wentz coming back to Indy the way Jimmy Ursay and Chris Ballard treated Carson Wentz over the summer uh, would be a big story, right? It would be a big story. And so if Matt Ryan plays well in that game, which he's gonna, then it's an even bigger story for Matt Ryan. The game on Sunday with the Titans is a big game. And when Matt Ryan plays well, but if the Colts win, Colts lose? No, sir. It's over. It's done. There will be no MVP talk. But if the Colts win, the national media is going to start picking up on the fact that the Colts have won three in a row and that Matt Ryan, at least I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday, has been the reason late in games that the Colts have won. And his numbers give clearance to media members to make a case for Matt Ryan, currently second in the league in a couple of things, quarterback rating and yards. Mark my words on this. Now, if the Colts lose, it's over. It's that simple. Because and, and they could still win the West, uh, South, and Matt Ryan could still have a good year, but he ain't going to be in the MVP talk. I'm going to go back to Tom Brady for a second. The whole thing with Tom Brady on being deployed, there's nothing more fraudulent than the NFL comparing itself or in bed with our military. It's great for the military guys. They get to stand on the sidelines. They get honored. It's wonderful. But the two things could not be more different. Let's be honest. Six weeks off. No, I'm sorry. Six months off as an NFL guy. Practice, maybe once a day, once a week. I guess on Wednesday and Thursday, so two times a week, you actually do stuff. That's it. You play a total of eight minutes. Do yourself a favor one time. Take your phone. Take it, put it on a stopwatch. Put it on stopwatch and just 
record with your stopwatch how many actual minutes are of play are in an NFL game. I did it one time. I did. I was a kid. It's like six then. It's eight now because there's more passing. Don't even compare anybody trying to kill you. The answer could be yes in the NFL. Yeah, that could be the answer. But just don't do that. Just don't be that stupid. And I got to tell you, he's starting to give me a real headache. And I don't get a real headache that often, but I'm getting a real headache from Tom Brady. I don't want a Tom Brady headache. I don't want one. I want to love Tom Brady. I want these jowls to get thinner like Tom Brady. I want my teeth to get whiter. Now, they're fake. They're all fake, but hey, who cares? Mine, not his. You know, I got to tell you, uh, OutKick is starting to dominate everything. When we take over the story-breaking world, it's on. I mean, we already give you the best content, the best writers, the best shows. But Trey Wallace, my good friend, broke the story that is making the rounds. Jermaine Burton, wide receiver for Alabama. We showed you the video. Just decided, oh, I don't know. I'm going to run out. Try to get off the field with Tennessee people going crazy. And I'm going to take a swing at a young lady who I guess is video taping him. I got to ask you, Trey, how did you find it? How did you, out of all the videos there, did that sometimes things pop out at you on video. How did you find it? Well, good morning to you, Dan. Hope you're well, buddy. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> it's a Thursday, right? It's a Thursday. Um, you know what? It was, um, so there is, so we'll give a full backstory here. So there's a group of fans that attend baseball games at Tennessee and they have a name. They're legends of Lindsey Nelson. It's along those lines. Y'all had the Twitter handle. Correct. And I, and I saw a video at first, like I, I looked at it and I was like, okay, that's interesting. And then I, you know, I went and found the TikTok of the young lady and it had Jermaine Burton smack me upside the head and it showed that video. I was like, I was like, come on, really? Like I was on the field. Like I did see Burton down there. I was like, okay. And so I went and I looked at the video. I saw it. I saw everything that went into it. I was like, okay, wow. That's not good. Like that, you know, and we'll get into stuff later on about it, but, but it wasn't good at first. So, you know, put the old journalism hat on Dan and, and started talking with sources and then started, um, got in touch with the, the young lady, uh, that is in the video. And, uh, she confirmed that, that it was her down there on the field. She actually, so you, you were asking the question how she got the video because she, her see, and here's a lot of the misconception out there on, on some people's part, they think, that the young lady was filming or putting a camera in Jermaine Burton's face when she came on the field. Here's the problem. Her phone died in the first quarter. Her phone was, her, her phone was put away in her pocketbook. She didn't have a phone. She would, she didn't film anything. She couldn't. Um, so that takes that narrative out that she was filming it, had a phone in his face and whatnot. And so somebody was filming from the student section from behind and I guess kind of watching her, one of her friends, whatnot, watching her go onto the field and whatnot. And they saw it. And, um, and that's when she ended up 
posting. Uh, and then, you know, so getting in touch with her, talking with folks, trying to talk with folks at Alabama and the SEC the other night when it all went down. Shout out to my editor, Matthew Wiley. We were working on this thing at like, like two o'clock in the morning. Um, and it was it's it's one of those stories where at first I was like, wow, did that really happen? I go back and I look at it and it's like, yeah, it it did. And that's really unfortunate. Um, and so that's kind of where we stand now. Nick Saban has released a couple different statements. You know, he spoke with the media on the teleconference. He spoke last night, released a statement. And now we sit here today, Dan. It's wild. Why, why did the young lady feel like he did this? Why'd Burton do this? She, she wouldn't quite get into that part. Um, she didn't know. Like, first off, she, she just didn't know. Um, uh, in talking with people about this, I've been told that, you know, wasn't any language or anything like that. Maybe it'd been like a, a woohoo or excited in the moment type of deal. Um, you know, and I think this needs to be said as well. I, I honestly do. When you have got a young man and I'm, this is not condoning. So don't take it as that. But when you have a young man or have any type of players coming off the, the court or the field, they're upset about the game, emotions are running high, you know, they're they're full of piss and vinegar, and they're they're upset about what went down. And after a hard fought game, you know, emotions get the best of them. And I'm not condoning whatsoever, but what I am saying, like the, there was another video of Jermaine Burton where he kind of shoved a camera out of the way. Um, like I could, I could see that, you know what I mean? Like, like, like shoving the camera out of his face, like in a way, like I could, I could see that happening with a bunch of, look, there are videos out there of, of Alabama support staff coaches that are, are pushing people and shoving cameras out of faces. Um, so I think in the heat of the moment, uh, he made a really bad decision, and you you don't put your hands on a female, especially one that poses no threat to you. And and look, I I'm not CSI. I can't that video. You know, to me, it looks like he got her right up in the head, and uh, I see her hair flying back, and she turns around. But I think the caption you know, said it all from her when she said, I got smacked upside the head by Jermaine Burton. Um, and that's, and that's, and that's, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, uh, I don't think she understood the magnitude of this when it was posted, to be honest with you. I think she posted it on TikTok and she thought, okay, a TikTok video, you know, and, uh, and it blew up into something which it should because you cannot put your hands on a female, period. Yeah, look, she handled it. I think I saw at one point she said, ouch, or something like that, right? I mean, she, she, you know, she kind of, it, 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 like, it didn't seem like she was being antagonistic. It, you know, she was down there cheering, and if it, it seemed like, you know, like you said, I got slapped upside the head. She kind of played it off, didn't I mean, that's what she did, right? Well, the interesting part is when you look at the video and she turns around and she's holding her face, head, and, like, what just happened? You know, right. if you go back and watch that, 
Right. She's like, wait, what just happened? Why did that just happen? Um, and and I, I look, I, the other thing that kind of threw me off, too, about it was like there was not really anybody in Burton's space. You know, if you go back and look, at right. it, like there's no. There's not anybody in Burton's space. He could have walked just straight off the field. I know where he's going. He's literally five feet away from the tunnel where Alabama players go. So that threw me off as to why he felt compelled to, you know, um, uh, go upside a, a woman's head. And, you know, we'll get into what Nick Saban has said and whatnot. Um, but, you know, it was – it was interesting. So when I, we were putting together the story and, and I like taking people behind the fourth wall every now and then of how we put together, you know, a story when we're putting together a story, you know, I'm reaching out to the sec, you know, I'm reaching out to, to Alabama, you know, I, I want to know their thoughts on this. They had no idea until that video came out. And then they had no idea until I started asking questions. Um, and I think that's why you saw a delayed response on their part, which is, which is fine. Gather all your information first before you release a statement and talk about it. I get it 100%. Um, but man, just a, just a bad look coming off such a great game as well. Just different things that, that went on. And it, it just, it, it's sad to see, unfortunately. That's terrible. And I mean, I, again, the girl, she's just standing there and it wasn't like he, uh, you know, when I first heard about it, I thought, oh man, is he getting through traffic and, you know, he shoved someone out of the way, you know, but there was, I mean, it was like he had to go out of his way to do this. All right. Two things. One, Saban made a statement. Two, uh, are the police involved here? Is there any legal stuff going on? Um, uh- I'll be careful my words here. Technically not at the moment. There is no police involved or no police report. Um, I emphasize the first part of my statement. Um, From an Alabama standpoint, that's a different scenario because now they're sitting in a situation where Nick Saban comes out and, and you know, Nick, you know, we're going to handle this stuff internally, any kind of discipline or not. Um, and, and, and then he, you know, he went on to say, you know, he was talking about the environment last night and he, or I'm sorry, at the game. And he, and he went on to say that, um, you know, that, that he thinks that the conference is put in a bad spot trying to figure out how to keep fans off the field. Uh, but he also says we have to act in respect. Uh, to others when circumstances like this happen. I mean, look, and another thing too is like uh, people are making the argument about crowd stormings around the field. We see it every weekend. Some schools do it as a tradition after every game to storm the field. So I, I'm not, I'm not a part of the whole crowd. Well, we should just ban people from storming the field and celebrating. I'm not a part about that. Okay. I think one person has got it down pat. And that would be Calipari at Kentucky who gets his players off the bench when he knows there's a crowd storming about to happen. You've seen it. He takes his players to his bench, sends them to the locker room. And I'm not saying that football schools can do that, but if you know, and I'm just throwing this out there, if you know you're about to get beat 
and you're down by a certain amount. And Tennessee and Alabama is a different story because it happened at the last second with a yes, field goal. Yes. If you know yeah. you're going to get beat, let start sending your players to the locker room a little bit earlier. You know, I know they want to dap up and, and shake hands with their former teammates and whatnot, but if you feel like it's an unsafe environment, take your players to the locker room a little bit earlier, keep your starting 11 on the field, you know, or whoever is out there, you know, and, and that's just one option opinion in, in, in to what I look at as if we think it's about, and it is about player safety and it's about safety of everybody there, but I'm sorry, you weren't keeping those Tennessee fans off the field Saturday night and there's going to be other games this season where this is going to happen. And, and I hope, people bring up the same discussions as they've been complaining about. I would probably use a different word, but if they were complaining about all week about Tennessee fans being classless on the field, I don't get it. We've seen this all around the SEC. What the hell is different than Tennessee did Saturday night compared to what Ole Miss has done in the past, Mississippi State, LSU, others, you can go on and on. The, the, there is no issue other than, you know, Tennessee would have to pay a $100,000 fine. There is no issue because the fans, I, I, I'm going to tell you, as a guy that really had no dog in the fight other than I root for Tennessee now because all you guys live there, but if, if, if Burton doesn't go over and do this, there's nothing other than this is a hell of a party. Like this is an uh, there is no issue even if it, and it's so it's not Tennessee fans it's the Alabama player who wasn't even accosted that's you know so I I think it's crap that people are gonna say well this is why you keep fans off the field no that's the Alabama player not anything else well you know and I and I cover so many schools in this conference and I've talked to so many people over the last couple of days and how they coordinate events and whatnot and you know the biggest thing to me that stood out from a couple of different SEC administrators from different schools is they they are you know they they knew what was going to happen you know Saturday night Tennessee did uh, if they had won other schools prepare for these situations when it comes to security, getting them in there when they think a potential upset is going to happen. I mean, I look back years ago, South Carolina beat Alabama, you know, at home, and Nick Saban was a coach. Fans stormed the field there. There have been six times, I think, fans have stormed the field against Alabama. Take a look at last year, Texas A&M versus Alabama. Aggie fans stormed the field after they'd hit the – it's great. I didn't, I didn't even think about it. Texas A&M won on a last-second field goal last year, and Tennessee did too this year. It just came to my mind. Um, but but fans stormed the field there as well. Um, and I remember, you know, a sheriff officer just knocking the piss out of a woman, pushing her down because she was in Nick Saban's way. Um, and, and and I get – look, I get that type of stuff. You got to protect the president, right? Uh, so, you know, when we, when we look at these situations around the country, Dan, I just think, um, they, I, I, I think it's a little bit too much kind of the narrative coming out from some, and I agree with you. If Jermaine Burton walks to the locker room and goes to the tunnel, by the way, like the rest of his players did and teammates did, then, uh, then, then we're not talking about this incident. And Nick Saban's not having to decide if I need to suspend my star wide receiver, you know, for the game this weekend. Um, and if there's a better camera angle out there that shows it, and I'm pretty sure that there is, uh, I, I think he should. 
I think he should be suspended on Saturday just by the video that I've seen and we've all seen by putting his hands on a female. I don't care if he was brushing her hair. It doesn't matter. Don't put your hands on a female that you don't know. That's that. That has been my absolute message this morning and my message to my play. I used to tell players, put your hands in your pockets. I used to tell players, lock yourself in your bathroom. One did, actually. He called me. He's like, coach, I'm in the bathroom. I go, good. Stay there. And I asked him if he brought a pillow and a blanket because I said, you might be, just put your hands in. Don't put your hands in. No, no, no. Hey, thanks, Trey. Great stuff, man. Appreciate you. My man, Danny, have a great rest of your week, buddy. You too. Nobody better than that guy right there. Nobody better. I'm telling you, go to Twitter, Trey Wallace, T-R-E-Y. I'm telling you, he will cover it. He is honest. He is forthright. Uh, When we come back, I got a lot to get to, including headlines. It was pronoun day. All the stuff going on in this world, right? We got talk of a nuclear holocaust coming. We've got an economy that our president is so idiotic, just a little breathing room, and we're worried about pronouns, certainly in Vermont. Okay. I'll tell you a story how I lost my coaching career. I did. I lost my coaching career because of a court storming of a game that we won at home. We'll be right back. Can't wait. This is fun today. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Uh, We worry about pronouns. Yeah. We worry. We worry about... I want to make sure you call me them and their. Uh, Yeah, so I got a guy named Ian Kennedy. Now, Ian Kennedy is one of these guys that, um, you know, is mad at me. Terminally mad at me. Like, he's a professor or a writer. He's a wokey guy. Uh, he's woke. And he, well, now we're going to hear Dockage talk like the bigot that he is because I make fun of pronouns. I'll make fun of them. But I look at the world like this. What a country we live in if, if the, what we've got to worry about is pronouns. Seriously, we worry about pronouns. We worry, well... Uh, I had a lawyer lady at a diversity clinic. Uh, hi, I'm Sally Sue, and my pronouns are he, she, and them. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? It's a basic form of treating people with human dignity. No, it's not. It's a made-up deal. I'll call you whatever you want. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? Whatever you want me to call you, I'll call you. I would like to be referred to as a blossoming tree. Okay, hey, blossoming tree, what's going on? But don't give me this stuff about how important this is. It may be to you, but it's not to me. Here's what I look at. I look at, we've got nuclear war being discussed. Not saying it's going to happen. We've got the smartest economists saying that we're going to be in a recession. We've got crime out of this world to the point where I'm nervous about my children. I don't give a rat's about whether you're offended that I called you hello or him or her, or I, I don't care. There's too much going on. 401k's dropping it. Most people have lost 35 grand. I'm not going to lie. I've lost more. And I'm supposed to worry about whether I call you they, them, this, those. Stop. I'm not. You can. I respect everybody, but I don't care. I got more to worry about 
than pronouns. Well, apparently I'm in the wrong because Vermont worries about pronouns. Vermont's angry about pronouns. Vermont has decided that they are going to let biological boys dress in women's locker rooms. That's apparently what a school district in Vermont has decided is okay. Caveat to this, the girls said, wait a second, we don't like it. But of course, in the world that we live in, women and children have become so marginalized that nobody in Vermont cares what the young ladies of this school think. They don't care. Of course they don't care. And the girls spoke out. So in an effort to be inclusive, which only means marginalize women, it always does. I mean, let's be honest. We can lie. We can say. We can do whatever. But it always does. The school district banned the girls from their own locker room so this biological male can dress in the locker room. As you can believe, people got mad. And a father, a guy named Travis Allen, who was an assistant coach, or he was the coach of the girls' soccer team, spoke out on it. Now, September, let me give you the backstory to this. It's unbelievable. Several members of the girls' volleyball team at Randolph Union High School spoke out against the biological male using the locker room, saying the trans teammate made an inappropriate comment while they were changing. Action was taken, but not in favor of the now uncomfortable girls. The entire volleyball team was banned. Like, you know, if if you're just a rational thinking person, and you're the transgender kid. You know what you do? You say, all right, these, these girls are, they're, I'll, I'll do something else. I know you're standing up for your rights and we're all supposed to applaud them. The entire girls volleyball team was banned from using the locker room while officials conducted an investigation into claims that the girls harassed their trans teammate. This guy, Allen's daughter, is one of the girls who spoke out. She repeatedly said, I feel like that's stating my opinion that I don't want a biological male changing with me, that I should not have harassment charges or bullying charges. They should all be dropped. Now, I don't know what's true or what's not, but that's, of course, what we're going to do while I'm being harassed. No, they don't want you in there changing. It's common freaking sense. Man, of course, the station deleted this story, all right? Uh, The reason they pulled the story was to prevent others from using our reporting to attack people in the transgender community. But it's all right to tra- it's okay to attack young ladies in the women's community. This drives my wife nuts. Women are marginalized. Dudes become women. Fine, do it. Great. But don't tell women how they are. And you see this all the time. Uh, pulling the story, uh, it's for others. Added that we are now working with the LGBTQ advocates on the message in the community acknowledging the harm that was caused. What harm, really? That's all right. Okay. All right. Uh, the person, Melissa Civi, the guardian of the trans student, told the outlet that the student under her care is a girl and deserves girl spaces. They're, ju- they're asking for justice. Blake Allen's mother, Jessica, replied that she should be glad to have a com- she would be glad to have a conversation on this matter. The dad, Travis Allen, spoke up. Listen to this. I'm the father of the girl you claim made up a story for attention. The truth is your son watched my daughter and multiple other girls change in the locker room. While he got a free show, they got violated. Look, that's reasonable from a dad. You may not like it. You may think it's bigoted or whatever, Ian Kennedy or the rest. And that's fine. 
You think this is fine and dandy. I wonder how you would feel if I watched you undress. Of course, the superintendent said in a letter that Travis Allen was now suspended without pay from his job as coach of the middle school girls team because he misgendered a transgender student. So he didn't say girl is what they're mad at. So a biological boy who is transgender to a girl getting called a boy, which is what he biologically was or maybe still is, gets a guy fired. The world is crazy. While you have the right to your opinion, you have chosen to publicly put yourself in opposition to the principals and the districts and his coaches. The district offered to work with you to take the matters right. The two possible solutions were insufficient to reestablish the public trust you have damaged. There isn't any public trust damaged. This man is standing up for his daughter. And I got to tell you, I'll stand up for my daughter too. I don't give a damn whether some Ian Kennedy or a bunch of professors or a bunch of people would get mad at me. If I see something wrong relative to my daughter, I'm not going to worry about what somebody says their pronouns are. I'm not going to worry about what somebody says they are. If I see somebody going into a bathroom, male or female, when my daughter was young, you're damn right. Travis Allen, the man who got fired, spoke with the Daily Signal. When he asked me to publicly apologize, I thought about it. I did pause, waited a few seconds. I'm thinking, if I say that I'll apologize, I'll be able to coach my youngest daughter for the rest of the season. But I'm going to hurt my daughter because I'm not standing up for what we believe in. I'm just cowering to them like so many other people have done, and I just can't do that. Good. Good. Hey, look, because you don't agree, was fire the guy. He'll live. But the school district shows that it won't defend women. Why are we so quick? Why are we so quick to disparage women and children? Why? Because they're vulnerable? I don't see women as vulnerable. I see women as tougher than... Hey, you try pushing a kid out. I see women as far tougher. Why is it bigoted to have a question? Why is it? Why is it bigoted to have a question about my daughter in her locker room with her friends and some biological male comes in and starts changing in front of them? Now, I'm just asking you the question. I I, I don't understand it. If that happened to my daughter, you're damn right. And if some slap wants to call me a bigot, you call me whatever you want. I mean, you call me whatever you want. But I'll be damned if I'm going to sit back and my daughter and her friends are like, Dad, we're just on a grade school volleyball team and some dude's coming in here and he's changing with us and we're uncomfortable. Why Why don't we defend women? Aren't women the majority of the population? I'm not saying anything has to be done to the biological male. I'm not saying that at all. But if you're so adamant about girl spaces, fine. I've been in locker rooms. Go, go change in the shower. If everybody's uncomfortable, why not acquiesce and why not work with each other? I, it just makes me nuts. I, it really, it, it's immensely important to these people in Vermont that you get your pronouns right. Okay, whatever. Stop it. Good for this guy not backing down. Good for him. Jeez. I mean, think about the world we're living in right now. I just want you to think about it for a second. That's what we worry about. We got nuclear war 
You think they worry about that in the Middle East? You think as they're walking around uh, in, in China, Taiwan, the Middle East, uh, Africa, South America, you think they really care? You don't, don't, Jerusalem, you think they've got more important things? That's how great our country is. We invent things to get mad about. We do. We invent them. Hey, I want transgender people to be comfortable, but I'm not mad at all people being comfortable. And if I were a transgender person, very simple. All these folks are uncomfortable. I adjust. But I get it. We all get it. It's not that simple. We've got to lose our minds. We've got to accuse. We've got to, uh, oh, man, my rights. Are, uh, how about we just work together? Is that hard? I guess that's bigoted, according to some writer named Ian Kennedy. So write your article. Do whatever you want. I don't care, but it just makes sense to me. Hishkabibble. i tell you what doesn't make sense to me. I tell you what doesn't make sense to me, and it will never make sense to me. Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams having a voice is wonderful. But yesterday or two days ago, Stacey Abrams decided that abortion is among the solutions <laughs> to inflation. Can we can we show what Ms. Abrams had to say? I hope Stacey Abrams loses by more votes than anybody in the history of the world. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. And so these are, it's important for us to have bold or both to have both end conversations. We don't have the luxury of reducing it or separating them out. What is she saying here? I don't know. Can we got the next one? Well, then she says, um, Running for governor, I would assume maybe incorrectly, but abortion is an issue. It nowhere reaches the level. Uh, there's an argument going on here. So the bottom line was she was asked, you're running for governor. I would assume maybe incorrectly, but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest to voters. Now, that's what he said, to voters, in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of voters about the liability the daily financial issues. You can't divorce from being forced. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy. That's this is the context. I'm sorry, I didn't set up the context very well. Uh, from the realities of having a child, it's important for us to have both and conversations. We don't have the luxury of reducing it or separating them out. So she's putting one with the other. I, I don't look. I understand that. People are all up in arms about divorce, but let's th or about abortion. But let's think about what that is. That's killing. Now you say whatever you want. You can be however you want. And I'm not anti-abortion. I'm just telling you that's killing. I mean, I don't know how else to put it to you. And people say, well, what about incest? All right, fine. It's like one percent, maybe. It's like actually, it's zero a point zero four percent. So all right, if you want to argue over. 0.04% uh, to make your point, then fine, it's great. Go ahead, yay rock, go fight, win. But the truth of the matter is, are you insane? Like, why are we so, again, I go to children. Why are we so freaking insane about not protecting our children, but harming our children? Why? Explain this to me, Spanky. We can't wait 
to harm an unborn child. People are talking about uh, being able to eliminate, kill a born child. What is wrong with us? Where are we at as a society that we think it's good to bring drag queens into children's schools? Where are we that the biggest issue, people are actually running on my television. Well, my, my opponent supported the ban on abortion. What you're saying is your opponent said, I want to kill people. That, that's what you're saying. And I do want to kill people. Now, honest to God. Now, I get it. There's a debate on when somebody is actually a child. I get it. I do. But don't bring me the crap about incest or rape. It's less than 1%. And I'm for that. But that's the answer people have. Well, you, you know, can you imagine how this could get turned around? No. Incest, rape, of course. Fine. But what is wrong? Hey, look, I'm not even saying, I'm not totally anti, not even, I'm not. I'm for common sense. I'm for a discussion. But why do we continue as a society to try to harm our most vulnerable? Women are just marginalized. I mean, you can hire as many women as you want on ESPN and CNN and Fox and wherever, but they are so marginalized when you've got idiots that are actually being listened to in this country that are transitioning to being a woman, talking about what being a girl is. Leach comes down right. Are women being marginalized? We're being pushed out, absolutely. Walk in here. I'm not getting in the shot. You're not getting in the shot? You haven't done your face yet. We're being pushed out. Now all of a sudden men are telling women what women are. Say that again. Now all of a sudden men are telling women what women are. Yes. Men who want to be women are telling us. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, I've been on a rant here. Now... If, if, if you're a rational thinking person, you have this in your school. In Lee's school, in Lee's kids' school in Manlius, Syracuse, a mother, their son, was transitioning to a girl. She sent a letter to the school. Everybody was cool with it. To the parents. To too. the parents. Yeah. To the parents. Everybody was cool Everybody with it. Everybody was great. Nobody had a problem. Nobody. The kid didn't, no problem. Nope. All of a sudden in Vermont, some biological male wants to dress in a locker room in front of a bunch of little girls and the girls complain and the girls get kicked out of the locker room. I mean, my point isn't, my point is in Syracuse and manliness, people just work together. I said, all right. I don't know if I'm old school. You are old school. You're not old. You're but hot as hell, but go ahead and beautiful I, and yeah, smart. Sorry. I can't come into the frame. Yeah. I, I would be terrified if a man was in a same dressing room with me. I'm, I'm ter Remember we went to that casino, I forgot, in Indiana. Yeah. There was a man in the woman's room. I couldn't even go in the women's room. Right. And he was just a man. Right. I think he wandered into the wrong one. I felt, I was nervous. You were terrified. So if, if my daughter is forced to feel that and pretend that it's okay. In her own locker room. It's wrong. In her own grade school locker room. Yeah. Wrong. That's unbelievable. Thank you, Lee. You never know what you're going to get here. You didn't move your car. I didn't move my car. I suck. I'm always last. You are last. I'm marginalizing <laughs> you. All right, next point. All right, we're driving down the street, Lee and I, the other day. Brittany Griner. Nobody has championed Brittany Griner getting out more than I did. I did it two months before I want Brittany Griner out. 
I think she is in jail. Fine. She violated the law. She did time. It's time to get her out. But don't sit here and tell me, as I heard JT the brick the other night as we were driving, she's unlawfully detained. And Steph Curry telling me she's unlawfully detained. Look, this guy, JT the brick, well, she made a mistake. Yes, but, but don't tell me she's unlawfully detained when that's the laws of Russia. I mean, I've been to a foreign country. Every, I took my team to Chile. There were certain laws that were different, not many, but I'm like, look, if you get, if you pee in the street, you're going to go to jail. Now I'll get you out, but you're going to go to jail and you don't want to be in a Chilean jail. I prepped everybody. I heard people say, well, she just brought weed for her own use. First off, nobody knows that. Second off, that's the law in Russia. I think Brittany Griner needs to be out. I think she needed to be out long ago, way long ago, not even close. And frankly, I was the first person that started talking about this, if you remember. If you remember. But don't sit here and spew this nonsense. I get it. Uh, you're trying to help. This is what by... But don't sit there and say unlawfully detained. In fact, I would argue by saying that if you're Steph Curry, not JT DeBrick or me, who cares what we have to say, but if Steph Curry says it, I'm not going to say the Kremlin hasn't heard it. Yeah, unlawfully detained. These are our laws. You know, there's always, there used to be on Twitter, and I don't know where it is anymore, uh, a Twitter site, I think it was Twitter, that told you ridiculous laws in different towns. Like, you know, it wasn't okay to eat on the grass somewhere. Well, we got different states that have different laws. We've got different countries. So don't tell me, don't insult me by telling me she's unlawfully detained. Is it fair she's getting? No. Should she be out? Yes, of course. But unlawfully detained, my ass. Look, you all can say that. You all can think that. And we all can go, well, you know, how do you, do you know, somebody give me, get out the law book or whatever you do in freaking Russia and tell me the laws. And then tell me if she's unlawfully detained unlawfully detained my backside. I love her, but don't even try it. Man, oh man. A couple of sports things. Look, I've had enough of Carson Wentz. I didn't have enough of Carson Wentz when he was here. He was all right. But I'm telling you, this guy, Taylor Heineke, he's going to be better than Wentz is. You mark my words on this. Wentz started out well, but like most people, more Wentz, more Wentz, more Wentz. You see why Wentz, well, he isn't going to lead you anything. This guy, Taylor Heineke, is going to be better. And next thing you know, oh, I don't know, uh, they're going to win a few games, but they're still not going to be any good. Oh, man, Josh Hader last night. Did you see the lefty? And by the way, coming up, I got, I'm going to get in on James Corden. Who else am I going to get in on? I'm going to get on Netflix a little bit. Uh, Daniel Snyder, what are you doing? That's when we come back. Did you see Hader and Bader last night? Bader goes deep. All this guy does is hit home runs. All Harrison Bader does for the Yankees is just hit home runs. And then I don't know if you saw it yesterday, but damn, holy cow, Josh Hader got pumped up. He hadn't hit 100 all year, or at least in the postseason. He hit 100 on every pitch he threw last night, the lefty reliever that shut out, or excuse me, that shut it down for the Padres. Padres were down 4 to nothing to the Phillies. Boom, boom, boom. Josh 
I'm going to call him Josh Cool Papa Bell because he's a storied uh, Negro League player. But Josh Bell is like the greatest dude ever. He hits a home run to the moon, and I see an interview, and I'm like, I want Josh Bell on my team. I knew who Josh Bell was. I'd never heard him talk in an interview. I'm all in on Josh Bell. I'm all in on the Padres. Holy cow, Hader and Bader last night were ridiculous, and I'm here for it. Hey, look, uh, Tua says he lost consciousness in his concussion. That's bad. I don't know whether it's true or not because I don't believe anybody. I, you know, I, I literally don't believe anybody. Maybe Tua did. He's got no reason to lie. I'm sure he did lose consciousness, and I hope that he's okay, and I hope that when you get a, well, I don't know, concussion, it doesn't come back as CTE. I saw something yesterday that said there is a very small likelihood of CTE for Tua. Now, look, I'm going to say this. I hope that's true. But I also know, and I've been told by doctors, you really don't know until you cut the brain open after somebody has passed away. I hope all these players, I'm not mad at all about the safety that's going on in the NFL, particularly at the quarterback position. I'm not wide receivers, same thing. But man, oh man, Tua saying he lost conscious, that was interesting to me. Very, very interesting. So anyway, my God. Lastly, do you know that Americans... Americans see corporate media as a bigger threat to the democracy than Donald Trump? Yes! Well, duh. People 1,000% do not trust corporate media. And why should you? Seriously. I mean, we had the corporate media lying about Russian collusion for four years. Everything corporate media has done uh, and insinuated against Donald Trump has been a lie. In July, a Gallup poll found that just 15% of American adults trust newspapers. 11% trust television news. Each is an all-time low. Well, duh. I mean, honest to God, who, you, who do you trust in the newspaper? Please. These guys lie. I mean, they can't lie any more than they already lie. Honest to God, they lie about you. Hey, look, don't ever get in their crosshairs. I'm in their crosshairs every day. Salute to all of you. My boys and girls at the Star, peace out. 15%, 1.5 out of every 10 people trust you. 15 out of 100. There's no reason to trust them. Please. The more they they went in on Donald Trump, the more they showed they are thieves and liars. Who knew? I knew. Uh, James Corden, my ass. I'm just going to say. Uh, Netflix probably doing right. What else do I got here? Why women? You got to see this video. All right, do me do me a favor right now. Let's get serious about this. Let's get these numbers up. You guys have been great this morning. I got an unbelievable video, and you guys out there, El Presidente, Ryan Mueller, uh, all you guys over here on the YouTube chat. I'm going to join you here in a second. I got my iPad out, but you're not going to believe this video. And this video is going to show you exactly why men need life insurance and women. Uh, need a side piece because guys are stupid and I love it. It's going to be good. You're going to like it. We'll be right back. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. All right, here's the deal. The Prime Minister, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, the Prime Minister of Britain, uh, she's had enough. Look, let, let, let's be honest. She's, she's, Liz has said screw it, man. 
Liz Trust, she just became the prime minister. She's been there, oh, I don't know, since September. Now, it is October. It is. It's October. Um, so, you know, so, it, I mean, hell, it, it's mid-October. So, I guess um, from the 6th of September to mid-October, look, when high school coaches resign suddenly, I always say it's about two things, money being stolen or sex. I say it every time. I don't care. And, and it's nine. No, it's not anymore. There's a lot of other things now because of parents and stuff. So this lady resigning as the prime minister, I know she tried to trot out a, uh, a, a, a mini budget. What are you doing? Don't reinvent the wheel. So Lizzie, Look, I respect it. I was a head coach at the University of West Virginia, West Virginia U, WVU, for eight days. That's right. Eight of the best days in West Virginia's history. Lizzie, you made it longer than me, baby. You're longer than me. And I got to tell you, congratulations. It's a hard knock life, Lizzie. It's a hard knock life, but you made it. You made it from September 6th to the 19th, or what is it, the 20th of freaking October. God bless you, and God bless America. Uh, James Corden, that fat piece of you-know-what, doesn't like other fat piece of you-know-whats like me. And I take this personal. Now, James Corden has been, I don't even know who he is, I guess he does a late-night show. So this guy apparently goes into a restaurant, makes a scene, is a problem. The restaurateur calls him out, and Corden apologizes, and everything's good. But speaking, and, it, and I don't look like it, but I'm obese. Like, I'm fat. From here to my belly, at the bottom of my belly, I'm a pig. I got no legs, no ass, no arms, no chest. But I'll tell you this, I got a belly. James Corden doesn't like us big-bellied boys, and he's one of us. Here's the deal. James Corden decides he, allegedly, makes overweight audience members sit in the back row to avoid cameras. Now, I got to tell you, in theory, I get it. Nobody wants to see this cheesing in the front row. We want Susie. We want, uh, uh, what? We want woke Jimmy in shape, nice clothes. You want a slob like me sitting in the front row? No. But James Corden, baby. Do yourself a favor. Look in the mirror. I got to look at this every day. I'm going to take a picture of what I got to look at every day for two hours. And I got to tell you, it ain't pretty. It ain't pretty. There it is. I'm going to smile. If I got to look at this in the front row every day, then damn it, James Corden should have to look at this in the front row every day. Damn it. I'll send a picture out on Twitter. Look, I get it. You think, you know, what is Meghan Markle whining about, right? She's whining that when she got a job uh, at Deal No Deal, she was a bimbo holding a briefcase. Well, let me ask you a question. What did you think the job was? Were you writing nuclear codes? Did you think the job was maybe going to win you a Pulitzer Prize? I don't know. Seems to me like you signed up for it. But let me ask you a question. You ever seen an ugly girl holding one of those attache cases? No, of course not. Of course not. No. No. 
So you signed up to be the hot girl holding a bag. We get it. Well, same thing with James Corden, right? Hey, look, if you're going to, if you're going to have to sit there and watch that unfunny posse speak, you might as well be hot. You know what I mean? I mean, what the hell? So, hey, look, James Corden, look in the mirror. Us fat dudes, we don't look so damn bad, pal. You know what I mean? We don't look so bad. All right, this is awesome. I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but I got to tell you. What's his name? Jim Corden. What's his name anyway? James, yeah. James Corden, look in the damn mirror. He doesn't want to see this sitting in the front row. I don't blame you. Uh, This is pretty cool yesterday. You know, yesterday, this is the first time. Think about this. The first time it ever happened in Major League Baseball history. Two brothers squared off against each other. One a pitcher, one a batter. Aaron and Austin Nola, they faced each other. It ended up in a ground out. But I got to tell you, they interviewed the dad. And the dad was pretty cool. He talked about the trip. He bought himself a camper. They would load the family. And, um, well, they traveled around and around and around and around. And next thing you know, the two dudes are in the major leagues. One for the Padres, one for the Phillies. Next thing you know, they're playing against each other. Next thing you know, they're literally playing against each other. That, to me, was awesome. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Could you imagine being the parent um, and both of your kids, one's pitching against the other? I wouldn't know what to do. Honest to God, I would not know what to do. I would go, what in the hell is that? I hit a home run, strike him out, I don't know. And I know what you're going to say. I just hope they're both safe. I just want them both to be safe. Shut up. They're safe. They're fine. But damn, was that cool yesterday. And I'm glad I got to see it. You don't see very many first. Baseball's been around, you know, for 3,000 years. I think there's, uh, what is it, AD and BC or whatever it is. I think baseball's got both. Mm. Hey, I'll tell you what. That was really good yesterday to see. I loved it. Uh, Look, you probably should. You know, a lot of people are complaining about Netflix. A lot of people are saying to Netflix, hey, look, we supported you when you were down. You made a ton of money during the pandemic. And now you're trying to charge us. Well, you're trying to charge us. Go ahead and show what they're trying to do. Will you please show the tweet? Probably should. Seriously, they probably should. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. We didn't have the tweet. Um, Yeah, well, Netflix has decided that they are going to charge other users. And by other users, that's like, well, right now, maybe your son or daughter comes home or in coming home or in going back to college says, hey, dad. I want to watch Netflix, all right? Okay, so in watching Netflix, um, I need to log in. Okay, what's the login? All right, here it is. Well, now Netflix is saying, wait a second here. Uh, This is something we forgot about. This is something we did not sign up for. So we are going to make it such that new users or other users of Netflix, well, They've got to pay. Probably should. 
Now, look, I'm not much for paying more for anything. I'm not big on it. And anybody that knows me knows that, you know, I'm not cheap. I'll pay. I'll certainly tip. But look, I've got the account. The account is at our household. And all of a sudden, my daughter wants to use that same account from Nashville, or my son wants to use it from Bloomington Normal. Yeah, I don't know. I try to think logically. You guys may disagree with that. You guys may say, yeah, well, that's crap. And maybe it is crap. I don't know. But you know what my first response was? Yeah, probably should. Probably, kind of, sort of, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of getting over on Netflix, and I don't really like it. Yeah, I don't like it. Oh, man, this just is not Daniel Snyder's week. It's not his week, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk Daniel Snyder. So Daniel Snyder has himself a week. It's just not his week. Daniel Snyder has a week that starts out, hey, man, I'm going to go. Ah, ESPN wrote an article, and I'm going to go to the owner's meeting. And I'm going to go to the owner's meeting. I'm going to meet some buddies, and maybe they don't like me, and it might get contentious. But, hell, I'm still a billionaire. I mean, I'm, I'm still one of the richest men in the world. So if I got to argue with the great hair-pieced one, Jerry Jones, or I got to listen to Robert Kraft, or I got somebody questioning me about the ESPN story, fine. And then all of a sudden, the whole damn thing blew up. Jimmy Ursay, the incoherent one, said honestly and rightfully, hey, look, maybe this merits looking into. Maybe we should look into Daniel Snyder. Maybe there is enough here to remove him. And of course you know what happened. Of course you know what happened. Well, it happened. The world blew up because Daniel Snyder's a bad guy. Daniel Snyder is a bad guy. Daniel Snyder is the kind of guy that everybody wants to see go down, except for who? Daniel Snyder. And his people, so that blows up. That ain't going good. And then the news comes out yesterday, and this isn't, I don't know, this isn't like a death blow, but it ain't good. Daniel Snyder, listen to this. The Washington Commanders sent a $14,000 check to a person, unnamed, that won the 50-50 raffle. So, hey, look, a 50-50, and why is it only 28000 Seems like a 50-50 in a football game should be more, but I digress. So Daniel Snyder goes and sends the check. Not Daniel Snyder, but his people. The check bounced. The check had insufficient funds. Yeah, so think about this. In theory, we're doing a 50-50. So there should be, if we're legitimately going 50-50, $28,000 in this fund. 50, 14,000 to the team, 50, 14,000 to the winner. In theory, maybe there were multiple winners. Maybe they don't do it like that. I'm giving you a theory. So somewhere, somehow, somebody decided to go, hey, look, we're going to do this. We're somehow going to get funds out of here. All right. Okay. Why? Boing! The check bounces. I'm just giving you the theory. I don't say it's a great theory. I'm not saying it's my best theory. But it seems to me, if we're having a 50-50 raffle, 
There should be money in the 50-50 raffle account. I'm just saying. Um, NBA basketball. So yesterday I decide the Pacers are on. And maybe it's just the Pacers. But the Pacers are taking on the Washington Wizards. And the Washington Wizards really don't have a lot going on. They got Remember that guy Porzingis? I do. I told you he was going to be a bust, and he is. Everybody else told you he's going to be a unicorn. I looked at his eyes. I could tell he was going to be a bust. What are you going to do? All right. So the NBA, I'm watching. And I'm wanting to watch. I'm wanting to watch. Well, for 44 minutes, the NBA is dull. Agree or disagree? Maybe the last, I don't know, maybe the last few minutes, The NBA gets exciting, Uh, but it could not be duller. Dull announcers, uh, dull play, dull schemes, dull whatever. I mean dull. Last four minutes, hey, look, if you like sports and you like a little drama, maybe it's good. But I tried to watch, I swear. What do people say? On my children. I tried to watch. And here in Indiana, we got a guy named Quinn Buckner. Man, my eyes are burning. I got a guy named Quinn Buckner. Quinn Buckner is a legendary basketball player here in the state of Indiana. Quinn Buckner led Indiana to an undefeated team in 1976. The world loves Quinn Buckner. Quinn Buckner is the President Obama of Indiana. He's never had a job. Like, he is like special assistant to the Pacers community. Nobody has sucked off the teat of the state of Indiana more than the great Quinn Buckner. He is also, he is also the voice of the Pacers as the analyst. Chris Denary does a really good job, Quinn Buckner. And all he does is talk. It's like he's hosting a two-hour talk show. Look, people say, well, Dockage, that's all you do is talk. Well, I got a talk show. Here's what my talk show, here's what this show would sound like if I didn't talk all the time. I kind of like it, actually. If you're going to be honest, I do. I kind of like it. Uh, Shut up, Quinn Buckner. Just shut up. That's all I'm going to say. It's one game in. Can you shut up, Quinn Buckner? I love you. I I do. But can you shut up? And I know nobody really cares about it, but I do. Just shut up. Didn't that sound good? All right, get ready. Tell your friends. I'm going to give you a minute here. I'm going to get on the YouTube chat because you got to get ready for this. You're not going to believe the video that I'm going to show you. It encompasses everything that men are about. It encompasses stupidity, real stupidity. It encompasses danger. It encompasses cleverness. How do you have cleverness with stupidity? You're going to see. It 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 encompasses sports. That's right. It does. It encompasses sports. It encompasses power tools. Everything that you would like in a man event, you're going to get right here. So let me set this up. Right now, Bill Martin, Joe to the Sea, Outkick, Ron Richardson, Ryan D, 
Titans for life. Get ready. Get ready. Because it's coming right now. This, ladies and gentlemen, this video is why women live longer than men. Watch this. Can you play that again? When it, oh, one second. When it first started, I'm like, what are these guys doing? Like, I thought falling through ice was in play, right? And you probably did too. You probably thought, oh, man, this guy's going to fall through. Let's go again. I'm thinking, all right, this is the greatest man video. Man, this is what my buddy Big Balls Billy and I used to do. We would invent things. I would never do this. I'd go flying. But this guy straps himself in nice. Look at this. Unbelievable. I'm high-fiving men. I'm... <laughs> I'm high-fiving men right there. That's the greatest man video ever in the history of videos. There has never been a better man video. There has never been something where you did, was I right about what it combined? Was I right? Did I tell you the truth that it combined absolutely everything that you wanted? in a man video. It encompassed danger, power tools, sports, outside, ingenuity, and the compass encompassing all of it is either, depending on your opinion, real genius or real stupidity. Now, I personally go with real genius. I think that is one of the greatest things that I have ever seen. You may say I'm overstating it. I would argue I'm understating it. I would argue that, well, listen, I don't know what you're thinking, but what I'm thinking is that's as good as it gets. Seriously. That, that. Uh, Bill Martin is not happy. Bill Martin says uh, there went a perfectly good ice auger. Ryan D., says, hey, Dan, I've done things 10 times dumber. And he spelt dumber, D-U-M-M-E-R. That's how he spelt dumber. So, yes, including right the word dumber. Uh, what Alaskan foreplay, they're calling it. Dan, that looks like fun. Yeah. Uh, David David says, Dan, you know NBA players got to save yourself for the club. I agree. All right. Uh, I love the Evil Knievel inspired a whole generation, and I was one of them. That's from Double Aunt. Look, 
when evil Knievel, and tell me you guys didn't do this. <clears throat> tell me boys didn't used to do this. When evil Knievel did all his jumps, tell me, tell me, we didn't go out there, put a ramp up, and jump stuff. And oh, by the way, I didn't ever, and when I say ever, I mean never, ever did I wear a helmet. Never. Ne did that guy have a helmet on? No. Absolutely no. Spice Rack says there's some creativity right there. Yes. Absolutely. That's what men should do. Look, women too. Hey, look, I guarantee you my wife, the lovely Lee Ross Dockage, would have been out there right in the middle of it. But that's what boys are responsible for doing. I also guarantee you that Lee and her friends, the girlfriends, would not have done that. See, men are, this is a great metaphor, this video. Can we show that video again? This is what, and, and, and this is what, keep my volume up if you don't mind. This is what men are supposed to do. Like, I guarantee you Jennifer Wellman in my neighborhood would be running over to try to do this, but Jennifer Wellman and her friends aren't doing it. See, men are supposed to do these things and give the opportunity to others, a.k.a. women, to join in. Yes, that's what they're supposed to do. That's how they're supposed to. It's cheap entertainment, Spice Rack. You're supposed to do this as men. Like, if we did that in my neighborhood, Gretchen and Jennifer Wellman, Sheila Heelan, uh, who, I don't know, the other girl, they would have all come over. That's what men are supposed to do. And I don't care if that's a being a bigot. I don't care if somebody has a problem with that. This is the most manly of videos, and it's what men are supposed to do. What men aren't supposed to do is what this guy Jermaine Burton did. Jermaine Burton, the wide receiver for Alabama, just takes a swipe at a woman coming off the field. Yesterday on Outkick 360, our good friend Chad Withrow discussed it, and here's what he had to say about what should happen to the wide receiver Jermaine Burton from Alabama. Here's what he said. What Jermaine Burton did in that video, by going out of his way to extend his arm and his hand, to swat at the head of a female Tennessee student. Who makes a huge effort to sidestep him. Is disgusting. And he should be suspended for multiple games and probably arrested, quite frankly. I know that she told Trey Wallace that that's all she's going to, she confirmed it was her in the video, and that's all we're going to say right now. She may be pressing charges. I'm fine with her pressing charges if she does. I'm fine if she decides not to. And just wants this to be over. She also, doesn't need to say she's uh, fine with it either way. Didn't suffer life-threatening injuries no. like that, that photographer. No, but he did assault her. I mean, if yeah. he hit her head, he assaulted her. I don't think she's injured, you know, to any great degree. But again, I'm fine with whatever she decides to do in that instance. But Nick Saban and Alabama need to do something with Jermaine Burton. They ain't wrong. They they ain't wrong. They ain't wrong at all. Jerry Callahan. Uh, is going to join us. Jerry is a legendary Boston radio, now political and radio. He's kind of the better version of me, host. We're going to talk about a number of things. Um, and one of the things is Tom Brady. Now, look, I'm sure most people in Boston will defend Tom Brady. That's fine. 
We're also going to talk about where this country is at. I can't wait. I love talking to smart people that are a little bit bombastic. And Jerry Callahan uh, really has ruled the roost, in my opinion, in talk radio forever. And look, here's the other deal. Do we have a quarterback controversy? Do we have a quarterback controversy in New England? Maybe we do. Uh, more from our YouTube chat. I've seen Dan do things 10 times dumber than that. Dumbest thing I ever did. For some reason, I want you to listen to this and tell me what you think. We decided it was a good idea to take a gas can and light golf balls. Now, back in the day, golf balls were interesting to young boys because they were different. You could take the cover off and they were all wound up with rubber bands. Others had a solid cord, the uh, top flights. Um, so that was a big deal. We would burn them. I don't know why we would burn them. We were boys. Get off my ass. But we would take them and we would burn them. So my parents were having a little get-together on our back porch, and we had an empty lot next to our house. And for some reason, uh, one of the dads drove his truck onto the empty lot. I think they were doing some little bit of work in our backyard. Anyway, long story short, I got a golf ball. I got a gas can. My brother had a lighter. I don't know if it was a cigarette lighter. I don't know. He had a lighter. Don't ask me these questions. He lights it. The, the gas can or the flame goes up into the gas can, which is in my hand. I throw the gas can, and guess what it does? It tumbles underneath the truck. We go running into the backyard screaming, waving. We got The truck's going to burn up. The truck's going to burn up. Well, I don't know what happened. The truck didn't burn up. Apparently, the gas can, when it, it either didn't start much or when I threw it and it rolled, uh, it put the fire out. But the truck didn't burn out. But that's what boys do. <clears throat> I'm sorry. You're going to enjoy this next segment. I got a lot of you guys that are, um, why somebody from Hydesville, Maryland calling me? Let's see who it is. Hello? Hi, Dan. This is Valerie calling from Benefit Incorporated. How are you? Good, thank you. Can I call you back? I'm actually on the air right now. Okay. Um, yeah, how long are you going to be on the air? No, until 11 o'clock, half hour. Okay. All right. Give me a call back. This number? Uh, yes, that should be fine. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's what I do. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. You know, uh, when I got into sports talk radio after coaching for 27 years, there were a few people that I paid attention to. Uh, and Jerry Callahan was one of them. He was on WEEI, <clears throat> excuse me, for a long time uh, out in Boston. Boston is really kind of the hotbed of uh, sports talk radio. And obviously it was started in New York, WFAN, by my boss at the time, Jeff Smolian. But Jerry Callahan now has a great show. It's the Jerry Callahan Show where he speaks on a variety of issues. Jerry, thanks for coming on. Let me get right into Tom Brady. I don't want to be tired of Tom Brady. I'm a big Tom Brady fan. 
Uh, where are you at with Tom Brady being all in, all out? He's being deployed, apparently. Where, where are you at with Brady? I don't know. He's making it hard, Dan. I'm, I was a big Brady guy. I talked to him every Monday for uh, almost 20 years, and uh, I've always been all in on Brady. But uh, it was a bad week, let's be honest. He had a tough week. He uh, skipped out on a meeting and a walkthrough to go to the wedding, and um, he um, – then they lose to the lowly Steelers, and he throws a tantrum on the sideline. Then he compares being in the NFL to a military deployment. Um, every time you get to the point where you say, you know, he's he's done, he looks old, he looks disinterested. The Boston Globe had a story about how he just looks miserable and he shouldn't have come back. I I mean, I feel like we've been here before, and he comes back, and he, and he wins, and he plays well, and he doesn't get hurt, which is the most amazing thing he does in this day and age. Every QB gets hurt. Every QB gets concussed, except Tom. He just manages to stay upright. I think he's going to go on a little run, and we'll forget about this time, but I, I don't know who's advising him. I think you, you don't you don't have to go to that party. You don't have to go to New York. To, you know, to the wedding, and you don't ever, I don't know about you, but there's two rules I learned long ago. Don't compare anyone to Hitler. Hitler's Hitler, nobody else. And never compare what you're going through to got to somebody who's at war. I mean, the NFL gives you six months off a year. They don't do that in the military. You get to go home every night, particularly in the NFL. It's not like basketball, as you know, or baseball, where you have 10-game road trips. You get to go home with the kids every night. That's not, you know, being in Fallujah, Tom. Usually he knows better. Usually he's smarter than that. That was an unforced error. But as usual, we'll see what happens on the field. And as usual, I'm, I'm expecting Brady to bounce back as he uh, as he always does. Yeah, you know, you. I was listening to what you were saying I, I, um, on your on your show, and you made the point. I thought it was really good. All the points you were making about the difference. I think sometimes guys just misspeak, and I'm willing to give it to him. Um, you think he's bouncing back? I do, too. History says he is. Um, what have you seen? Because you know him better than anybody in the media. As you said, you talk to him. What have you seen on the field this year? Are you buying that he has slowed down at all, Jerry? They may or maybe. He's obviously not off to a great start. No, I picked him. I picked, you know, went out on a limb, picked the Bills uh, Bucks to meet in the Super Bowl because that's what he does. He he defies the odds. He, he frustrates everybody. His, 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 I've said this for years. There will be a day where Max Kellerman will be right. There will be a day where he'll fall off a cliff and he'll look old. He's not going to play till he's 50. But the fact that he's 45 is mind-blowing. I, I talked to him about when he'd retire, when he'd make, you know, reach the end for – 10 years, you know, normal guys, normal NFL QBs, they're done at 36, 37. They're like, you know, Ben Roethlisberger or, or you know, you name it, Donovan McNabb. They're done at, you know, late 30s. He's 45 and still still upright. So he'll eventually, he'll be done. And But it feels like he always defies the odds. He always uh, frustrates his haters. I mean, you know this. There are millions of people who are living for the day that he either limps off the field. He looks like, you know, Manning, Peyton Manning in his final days in Denver. I mean, he won the Super Bowl, but he was terrible that year. And it was, I, I know he was injured, but he's never reached, he hasn't reached that point yet. And he's like your age. It's its remarkable what he's done. 
he lives to defy, you know, the, to, to throw it in the face of his, uh, of his critics. So, I mean, I'm done saying he's, he's done. You know, I've seen it a few times where I said, he looks human now, but, you know, and he does right now, but he's, he's, he's thrown it in our face for friggin' 20 years. I expect him to do it again. We got a quarterback controversy at all brewing in New England? Well, you got a made-up one. I don't know if you're uh, picked up on this, but uh, Globe guy Ben Volan uh, got trolled by uh, by just some guy. Just some guy DM'd him and said that he worked it, or his friend worked for the Patriots, and there's real tension, and Mac Jones is not happy. And Volan, as Globe guys often do, ran with it. He went on my old station and said, oh, there's trouble here in paradise. I don't think so. I think Zappi has been great for two games, but he played the the Lions, who suck, and the Browns, who suck. And, you know, things have fallen into place nicely. Hell, he plays the Bears on Monday night. If Zappi plays, I expect him to go 3-0. and uh, But they're both young. They're, neither of them has – I mean, Mac Jones was a first-round pick. He had a decent rookie year, but I don't think either of them has the cachet to say, you know, that's my job and defy Bill Belichick. Plus, as we talked, as I mentioned earlier, they all get hurt. You know, every QB gets hurt. We see it in Miami now. They went to their third stringer now. They think they're going back to Tua. They'll both play. You know, there's uh, whatever. There's 11 more games. They'll both play, and we'll see. I'm going to guess Zappi will come back to earth when he faces a good defense with a good coach and a tough game, and J- Mac Jones will get his chance. But the, the other problem is they're both young and trying to uh, establish themselves and prove their manhood. So they're both going to take some hits, you know, hang in the pocket. So they'll both get hit. I think they'll both play. Eventually, I think we'll see that Mac Jones is indeed the starter, the better of the two. But Zappi, he stole the job from Brian Hoyer. He's number two, and Hoyer is out of luck. So I don't know. We'll see. They play the Bears, though, so he'll he'll probably keep it going. Zappi will keep it going for another week. Hey, I want to go through a couple of things politically with you. You know, you have morphed from – uh, to sports talk radio, to politics. I want to go through a few things. Where do you think our country is at under this current administration? Where, 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 what are your thoughts? Well, I think it's a disaster. I think if you elected a guy, put a guy in office two years ago and said he's going to do, you know, he's like some double agent. He's going to do everything he can to destroy the country. He would do nothing different than Joe Biden has done. I mean, nothing. It's It's frightening. He's obviously just kind of a, a figurehead. There are, there are diabolical people pulling the strings and the destruction they have wrought for, for two, not even two years, 20 months is unfathomable when you think about it. I mean, I said, I did mention this the other day on my show and on Twitter that the average person in this country has lost $34,000 in their savings in their retirement account in the last 20 months. That, that's mind-boggling. How could anybody now, 19 days from now, go in the voting booth and vote to continue the policies that cost them $34,000? I look at my 401k, I'm sure you do too, look at your retirement and say, this, this is a nightmare. And we got a chance in 19 days to put the brakes on at least and stop this destruction. And I'm, I'm hoping we do. I'm hoping... Obviously, I think we're going to take the House and I'm hoping we take the Senate and at least make Biden a lame duck, put some checks on and, and, and balances on this guy. But you tell me 
what would he do different if his goal was to destroy this country and do as much damage as possible? I, I, that is perfectly well said because I don't even look. You know, I'm 60 years old and I was thinking about retiring. And when I see 34,000, I'm not a rich man at all, but I guarantee you mine's more than that. And I ain't looking. I, I'm not, I'm just like, hey, look, I ain't looking. I hope the next paycheck comes. I hope the companies I work for stay afloat and I'm going to do whatever the hell I can to do a good job. But to answer to your question, there's nothing more you can do to destroy this country. Hey, how about this? People aren't talking about this. 20,000 they just got in Indiana. They just had a bus, drug bus, fentanyl coming across the border. We're not, last I looked, we're not very close to the border, and we got 20,000 fentanyl tab, laced fentanyl tablets that they can direct from the open border. It's a mess down south, Jerry. It's, it's amazing. We, we've lost 107,000 people last year to drug overdoses, mostly fentanyl. Uh, I just saw the number, I think it's 20 people a day dying of fentanyl poisoning. And it's in some of these swing states. I mean, it's in Ohio, it's in Pennsylvania. I don't get, Dan, how there's anyone voting <laughs> voting to continue this. I don't get how anybody supports our open southern border. It's just mind-boggling how these polls, you know, like, how is Fetterman leading in the polls? It's just, how is anybody voting for Tim Ryan in Ohio. It should be like 99% for, for, for J.D. Vance because this is, we're, this is an emergency. This is urgent. We have to stop this. We have to, we have, to have a border. We have to stop the drugs and the, and, the, and the human trafficking coming over the southern border. I don't know anyone. I mean, I know Democrats. I know, you know people who voted for Biden. But how can you be in favor, supportive of the policies which are doing so much damage I sometimes, I, I, I wonder if it's hopeless. You know, I, I, it feels like there are people who are all in on this, you know, destruction of our, our way of life. And it's it's kind of discouraging. It's, you know, 34,000. I mean, to me, that hits home. I'm with you. I look at these statements and I say, you know, I was doing so well two years ago. And I guess those mean tweets were, you know, they were really hurtful because people said, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll piss. I'll light my savings on fire, my, my my retirement account on fire to get rid of the evil orange man. They did, and I understand. You hated hated Trump. I understand. But what about now? You hate J.D. Vance. You hate Fetterman. You hate you know Blake Masters. I mean, how could I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get how anyone could vote could could want to continue this this reign of terror. Do you think people? Uh, used to be, or at least it was said in one election, you know, it was always Trump getting beat in the polls and people were afraid to admit that they were Trump supporters, that kind of thing. Do you think that's still in play? Yeah, it is. And uh, I don't get it. I have a simple you know, question for people, you know, just hated Trump and want to get rid of Trump. I said, tell me what he did that you didn't like. Not what he said, not what he tweeted. Tell me what he did. And I'm telling you, try it. it, it, it you'll stump them. People go, well, um, uh, you know, they hated the person, the personality. They hated the tweets. They hated the bombast. But did they hate, you know, the, the, the wall, which wasn't completed? But did they, did they hate what he did uh, overseas, the foreign, foreign affairs? I mean, he was the greatest president I ever saw on ter in terms of foreign policy. Right now, everything they warned us about with Trump 
is coming true under Biden. I mean, we have, we're on the brink of nuclear war. Our president, who is senile and incompetent, just said a few days ago to a group of donors, we've never been closer to Armageddon, at least not in 60 years. To Armageddon, the guy who is, you know, as we've seen, just completely lost and shaking hands with imaginary people and just, just completely got that guy has his finger on the button and he told us that we've never been closer to nuclear war. And I saw this last night reported, I believe it was Newsmax said, their source told us there's a 40% chance that Putin uses nukes in the in, imminently soon on Ukraine, 40%. And when he does, our response is up to a guy who's, who's you know, make loves to, makes love to his double waffle cone and, and wanders aimlessly off into traffic. That guy is the one who makes the call on whether we retaliate when, when Putin uses nukes. How is everybody not scared to death about that? It just, right. It's just frightening. Jerry, we, I, I said this earlier on the show, like, you know, we worry about pronouns, making sure we call them, they, this, that, whatever. And we got a president talking about Armageddon. Like, I'm sitting here going, who gives a crap about this? I, the president is talking about nuclear war. For, hey, look, I'm only 60. But it's the first time in my lifetime I've actually thought, wow, this could actually happen. Let me put it that way, a nuclear war. I know, and, and we talk about it like, you know, cavalierly. Yeah, you might use nukes. 40% chance. And what if he does? <laughs> He has more nukes than anyone in the world. They have like 6,000 nuclear warheads. And people in this country insist we stay, not, not everybody, but certainly the, you know, the political class, they're all on Team Raytheon. They all want to es escalate the war effort in Ukraine. And they say, we have to stay until Ukraine wins. And they can't tell you what that looks like. What does it look like? Ukraine, Ukraine wins, Russia loses, Putin loses. You think he just forfeits the, the disputed land, the Donbass region, and goes back to Moscow and says, well, I gave it a nice try. It was a good try. Or do you think he says, I have no choice but to, boom, fire off this nuclear missile? It, you know what's the scariest thing, Dan, is the only people that I've seen, prominent people who even talk about uh, peace talks or sitting down and settling this peacefully, diplomatically, are Donald Trump and Elon Musk. Who else even mentions, oh, Tulsi Gabbard, I guess, Tulsi Gabbard. Who else even mentions sitting down at the, at the negotiating table and settling this peacefully before he presses the button and we're all in on, nuclear, on World War III? You make a great point because through my lifetime, I've always heard, well, we're going to sit down at the table. There's going to be peace talks. We're sending Kissinger in. You know what I mean? There's always been that. All I hear in this particular war, Jerry, is how much money we're giving to Ukraine. And you're so right. It's not like all of a sudden Putin's going to say, ah, you beat us. Ah, it didn't work out. Ah, screw it. <laughs> Let's shake hands and go our separate way. It's not going to happen. And the scariest thing is, again, it's like consensus. Think of all the people who are all in on World War III. You know, Bernie Sanders, AOC, Liz Warren, the entire mainstream media. 
we're on the brink, according to the president, of Armageddon. And there's hardly any pushback. I don't know how we got to this point, but we're willing to sit down and negotiate with Iran, but not with Russia. You know, we'll sit down with the mullahs, uh, well, Biden will, but not with Russia and Ukraine. It should be, they should insist on it every day before you get another billion or 50 billion. Let's try to work this out. Let's, you know, this region, they, they want to be part of Russia. They can go over there. Ukraine could say, we're never going to apply for NATO. Let's, let's live. How about that? Let's, and I love these stories. 60 Minutes went to this region the other day about all the civilians being killed and buried in mass graves. Well, how about we stop that? You know, is that a crazy idea? Stop civilians getting killed pointlessly. Nobody in the political class in this country even mentions it. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? I mean, I, well, I mean, it, I, I think someday we'll find out why Biden is so determined to uh, fight to the death because he's got a lot of vested interests and in, his family does in Ukraine. But I don't know, man. I, 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 I watch these. I'm fascinated by these town hall meetings that AOC has where she has all her crazy constituents in New York and all the hippies show up and start shouting at her, shouting. They were chanting yesterday. Ho, 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 AOC has got to go. I mean, these were hardcore socialists in New York City saying AOC has got to go. And AOC's been rubber stamping every billion we send to Ukraine, and they're sick of it. It's, it's bizarre that there's no one. I mean, there was less support for war in Afghanistan after 9-11. There was one congresswoman who voted against it than there is now. Everybody's in, both parties is in for, for this war for the Donbass region. I don't know, it's a great question. Maybe someday we'll get our answers and hopefully it'll be before you know, we all get nuked, but scary time. Do you, you gotta answer the eternal pre, uh, presidential question. Uh, Biden decided he was going to unleash or millions in reserve oil. Does the president control gas prices or does the president not control gas prices? I think I think you know the answer that, that, that Dan, he controls it when they're going down. He has no control whatsoever when they're going up. I'm, I've made a list, and you should try this, of impeachable offenses. Use the standard of the two impeachments with, with Trump, which were both ridiculous. One where he you know, had a conversation with Zelensky and they claimed it was a quid pro quo. Zelensky said it wasn't. He wanted to look into the corruption of the Biden family and their dealings in, in Ukraine. Perfectly legit. You got, uh, and the other one was when he told the people on January 6th to go peacefully to the Capitol. That was impeachable. Think of what he's done. He's not only tapped us to treat strategic petroleum reserve, but he's done it by selling some of it to China and by releasing it a month before the election to bring prices down and help his team. Those, are those not the most obviously impeachable offenses you've ever seen? Let's lower gas prices to help my team on election day. If Trump, I know we say this all the time, but can you imagine if Trump did that, or you know, you name it, Bush did that, or, or Romney or someone did that, the media would be outraged but I don't know if you saw this, but Chris Hayes on MSNBC said it was patriotic. It was in defense of democracy that he released the strategic oil reserves to lower prices. He did that in defense of democracy. I think one, one great thing's happened in the last year and a half. We have seen 
in living color, man, the utter corruption, the immorality of the of the mainstream media. They will just go all in on anything if it helps their team, if it helps their guy, this 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 empty shell of a man in the White House. What happens in a few weeks? Election day. What happens? Well, I'm hoping, you know, we get a big, big red wave in the, in the House, and I'm hoping, I don't care, one one seat in the Senate, I'd like to see a lame duck Joe Biden. I'd like to see them uh, uh, conduct some of these investigations, like have a real January 6th uh, committee where you ask questions like, why didn't Nancy Pelosi call up uh, the reinforcements? Why, who is Ray Epps? Why they open the doors? For these people, let's talk about what they did to earn these severe uh, prison sentences. Let's bring, you know, the QAnon shaman in with his iron, with his Viking horns, and talk about why he's such a danger to society. I mean, I think it's it, it's it's time that we had a fair. I mean, you have these hearings, and I've never seen anything like it. There's no dissenting voice. There's no cross examination. They're all, all on the same team with one goal: destroy Trump. I'm hoping that they get their way in one regard. Trump doesn't run, DeSantis runs. My ticket is DeSantis, Carrie Lake in 2024. That's what I'm hoping for. But uh, I'm hoping I'm gonna be staying up all night. I'm doing sober October now, but I don't think I'm gonna be sober on November 8th if we win. If, if there's that big red wave, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a party. Even if I'm by myself, I'm gonna have a party because I can't wait. This guy, this regime must be stopped. Jerry, I'm 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 from Gary, Indiana, and in Northwest Indiana, we have voter fraud. We a guy who taught me how to shoot a jump shot is currently in Greece. Uh, Interpol doesn't get Greek citizens. He left after being convicted in federal court. I believe I, my dad's friend running for city council in Gary tried to register the empty lot next to our house. I tell people that are hoping for a red wave, man, there's going to be some dirty tricks being pulled. Don't go to sleep yeah. if you're going to follow this one. Don't go to sleep. No, oh, there's no question. I loved it yesterday, though, Dan, when you showed that massive turnout in Georgia. I mean, think back to whenever, a little more than a year, when Joe Biden said they were suppressing the vote in Georgia and the media ran with the lie and corporate America joined in. The Major League Baseball pulled out the All-Star game because of the lie that it was Jim Crow and uh, like Coca-Cola and all these corporations denounced the state of Georgia. And now we have beyond record turnout. You see the lines for early voting. So that was one big lie. No apology. I mean, you, you, you accuse them of being racist and, and you're wrong. There's proof. That, I mean, and you do nothing. You don't apologize. You don't take it back. You just say, yeah, we tried. You know, we tried to. Uh, you know, to cheat in Georgia, you stopped us, you got us, whatever. But, and, and I, you know what else? People are going to get sick of the whole, the, there was a Washington Post story the other day about how no one's buying the whole threat to democracy nonsense, that silly kind of sophomoric slogan that the Democrats and the media run with, oh, the Republicans are a threat to democracy. And they, they never explain how, you know, they never say why. It's just, they thought it would catch on, but it didn't. People now think, the media is more of a threat to democracy than the Republicans. So it kind of backfired, which is great. And hopefully, uh, hopefully people don't. Here's what I'll say on for November 8th, Dan. Hopefully when people go to the polls, they vote 
on, on economic issues, inflation, on the $34,000 they've lost, and on immigration and fentanyl, and they don't vote on climate change in January 6th. That's what I think is gonna happen. Who, who the hell goes in a voting booth and says, I gotta vote you know, for, for one side or the other because of climate change, or because of what happened one afternoon on January 6th. I just think it's, it's, it was a bad roll of the dice for the Democrats, and it, and it didn't turn out the way, it has not turned out the way they were hoping. I got to tell you, man, I hope it continues. 15% of people in a Gallup poll trust the newspapers. 11% trust what they see on TV. Jerry, it is an honor to have you on, man. Thank you so much for coming on, spending a few minutes. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it, bud. Man, that's a legend right there. That's Jerry Callahan, uh, WEEI. Long, long, long time. He's the voice of Boston and just an absolutely... Absolutely fantastic. And I love what he's doing. I love that he's getting involved, you know, in politics, because as we all know, we need a voice of reason, man. We don't need this crazy crap that we've been, we've been dealing with. And that's all it seems like that we're going to have. But anyway, what a great show today. I thank everybody, Dylan. Thank you so much, Ryan, Aaron. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, I'll be, I'm going to return my phone call here to the benefits department over at Radio One, and we'll do that. And tomorrow, we'll get you ready for a monster weekend. I'm not going to lie. I hit another parlay last night. Uh, I'm on fire, people. I'm sorry, but I'm absolutely, positively rolling. And when I say rolling, I mean rolling. I mean like insane. So you want to check me out tomorrow here on OutKick. I'll give you my bets for the weekend. I'm going to DraftKings, and I went last night. Here it is. Uh, I did. I took the Padres, and I took the Yankees in a little two-teamer. Nothing big there, but I took it for a hundo, so we won some money. And I also took the Padres to win, and Josh Hader was just steamrolling them. All right, New Orleans, Arizona tonight. Follow me on Twitter or listen at 107.5 The Fan this afternoon or 93.5 FM, and I'll get you squared away for that. But thanks to everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow. Go to outkick.com and stay there all day.